what is the creepiest story that you've covered about in Washington state? Ooh, in Washington. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. This episode is sponsored by Thing. The Seattle Theater Group and Sasquatch Festival founder Adam Zacks present Thing. From August 26th through the 28th at Historic Fort Warden in Port Townsend, you can enjoy a vast musical lineup, including Jungle, Modest Mouse, Father John Misty, and many more. The Thing Festival features two primary stages overlooking the Puget Sound, not to mention a variety of camping and parking accommodations. You can either book a one-day or three-day pass, and kids 12 and under are free, making this an event for the whole family. Come enjoy live music, art, and beautiful Fort Warden with us. To find out all the details, visit thingnw.org. All right. Welcome back to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. I have Trista and Stephen from the Olympia Oddities podcast as my guests today. Trista, we'll start with you. What's your story and how did you get started with the podcast? But make sure you leave room for Stephen to tell his part of the podcast story too, okay? I'll definitely leave you some room. Perfect. (laughs) So I've always been like a lifelong fan of just like anything weird, spooky, and especially like local history stuff. I just couldn't get enough of it. I started listening to like a bunch of different true crime podcasts, but I got obsessed with like this one. And then I found it was kind of like a big mainstream one. And then I found all these smaller ones that were just like random creators. And it seemed like something that was more feasible that I could actually do. And I just, I don't know, I just kind of got determined and stuck on the idea that I was like, I could do that too. And it just kind of became my little like creative like pet project. Okay. Did you grow up in the Olympia area? I did. I was born in Lacey and then I grew up like in a tiny town a little bit south of Olympia. Which, go ahead, disclose which tiny little town. <laughs> I don't know if I should with the topics we cover. No, um, oh. <laughs> uh, Little Rock. Oh, okay, Little Rock. Steven, yeah. how about you? How'd you get started with this? Oh, man. Uh, when did we meet? Uh, almost two years ago now. In like 2020. Yeah, 2020. Um, yeah, we went on our first date and then started... I, I, okay, it was my fault. I started talking about the body farm and bringing up, um, yeah, we both have this weird niche knowledge of uh, the movie Party Monster and that whole actual crime, uh, the the club kid scene from the 90s and whatnot. And we just started going off about that. And we were like, wait, you know what that is? And we was like, yeah, yeah, of course I know what that is. I was like, that happened around my birthday. I don't know why I'm obsessed with it, but I am. Um, and then jump what four or five months later i believe a little bit more than that yeah uh she just asked me if i wanted to be a, a, a co-host and i said yeah that sounds like a lot of fun i loved the show i want to say it was like three weeks into our relationship i actually just i, I do nothing at work for the most part so i just listened to every one of her her episodes just in <laughs> just one right after the other and uh yeah it was, it was a lot of fun since I asked her a tough little question about like what little town south of Olympia, I got to ask you, where do you work that you get to do nothing? <laughs> I, I just like to say that I sell rectangles. I work at a mattress store called Mattress Ranch. 
Okay. You sell rectangles. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a, it's a it's a pretty goofy looking stores like animals everywhere. That's the is that the one with the old the guy in the coveralls that d- did the weird ads? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. I always joke that it's Steven and the uh, dancing animal costumes in the ads. I wish, well, of course. Honestly. I think I, th- I think we got to believe that. Steven, where did you did you grow up in the Olympia area or? I did not. I moved here about oh man, almost seven years ago. Uh, okay. So like twenty fourteen. Yeah, seven years, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, about about that long ago. Originally from Nashville, Tennessee. To keep a long story short, yeah, Nashville to Ohio, got some family out there, and then as kind of like an overdue anniversary present from my dad to my mom, yeah, they moved out here, and I was like, yeah, you know, I've never been west, and yeah, I, yeah, just kind of stayed, and I liked it, yeah. Okay, all right. So you started talking about having a podcast. You guys are the, actually, well, you're not the first podcasters I've had on, but it, you know, it's funny, podcasters tend to talk to podcasters, but I don't get to talk to that many. How was the process for you to get started? Easy? What did you guys start recording with? Uh, How'd you go about it from a technical standpoint? Yeah, I started out by myself and I was using just the Anchor app and my phone. And I would just go out to my car, which was like a little Kia Soul. So I'd always be like live from the Kia Soul. Um, (laughs) And I would just like record uh, out there. So like the audio quality on the early episodes isn't great. Um... The material's still all the same, you know. I'd like to think that all the stories are still good. It's just a little, you might have to turn me up on your radio a little bit. <laughs> um, but the whole process kind of came naturally. I think the hardest part was just getting more confident, like, um, just talking on a mic and, like, sharing my opinions on, like, uh, theories on things that I think could have happened and stuff. And, you know, like, you're not going to make everybody happy with everything that you say. Um, and that's okay. Oh. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah, so that's the one thing that's kind of interesting is that, you know, you really can start a show using your phone, recording it in your Kia Soul or in your closet or, you know, wherever. It, I think we all get hung up on, you know, making sure it sounds like awesome audio, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Awesome audio is cool. But it's, I, I like the idea that you can just like, if you have a, if you have a thought, you can, Share it. And sometimes those thoughts probably shouldn't be shared, but you know, anyway. Walk me through how you guys put together an episode. And has that changed since you started to where you are now? I think that the general process is still kind of the same. Like I'll come up with an idea or Steven will come up with an idea or our favorite is like someone random in our lives, like a coworker or a family member will be like, have you ever heard of, they'll mention it so casually, like, have you ever heard of this horrific grizzly thing that happened or this really interesting history thing that happened? And you're like, no, I've lived here my entire life and I've never once ever heard about that. Now I need to go no, like learn everything about it. And I'm just a person with that natural urge to go like learn everything I can about it. Right. So then I was like, run it by Steven. And I'm like, do you think that this would make a good story? And he's like, yes. So I do most of like our research and like typing and everything. Uh, writing the outlines and I pretty much just like get it good to go we have Steven kind of going blind because I kind of feel like it works as a good dynamic because he's kind of like almost like the listener where like if something's really wild or something doesn't make sense he's like right there instant feedback to be like wait wait a minute or like what about this or he'll throw out something that I didn't even think about when I was you know 
spending two weeks researching something, you know, I'm like, wow, I never right. once had that thought. So it's been awesome to have him there as like a co-host. Yeah. Like I, like that. Specifically- I like that idea that you, you've got prep and then you've got the, the raw randomness of it. One of the things that I do is I do very little research, which sometimes works really well because then it's like, oh my gosh, that was really cool. Other times it's like, um, yeah, that sucked. Um, so <laughs> I like you guys kind of have the, the balance. You, you've got all the research, so you've got this framework. I like that. And Steven, you get thrown under the bus and you have to react to things <laughs> live and, you know. That makes Which good. is a good dynamic. I, I do like that. Uh, like I was about to say, like specifically, uh, a, a coworker had told me about the, uh, the oh the the lady that turned into soap and so, and soap lake. Yeah, like that was uh, that was a very. I had never heard of that one before, and I told Trista about it. Just immediately texted her about it. I said, "Hey, we need to we need to do an episode about this." And then I remember not too terribly long ago, uh, probably about a month ago, uh, I completely forgot about the whale that they had actually blew up on on the beach and we may and or may not cover that here soon i don't know but uh yeah we both forgot about that one that one went right over our heads so that's on the list potentially <laughs> so how big is the list the list is ever growing and gigantic uh i think like every week i add at least five things to it like i might take off two or three as i work through them and i'm always adding like I just add them, you know, as I go, I either intentionally going to like, uh, the Charlie project is a great resource for like missing people. You can search by state and area and just, unfortunately there's just lists and lists of missing people out there. Um, and then other ones just come to us through coworkers or, you know, scrolling on Instagram and I'm like, wow, I've never heard of that before. Sometimes we get inspiration through, um, like cases that I'll hear on like other podcasts. I'll be like, oh wow. Like. I'll have to like do my own deep dive on that and maybe in a couple months we'll like do our own episode on it. What is the creepiest story that you've covered about in Washington state? Oh, in Washington. That's a great question. Do you want to go first? Uh, I, I, I would almost say Ketty Cabin. That's in California. Oh, that was in California. Oh, that yeah. was in California. I got it mixed up. Uh, man. Uh, oh, crap. Oh, I'm getting mixed up. I have Hold. my answer. Okay. The Tube Sock Murders. They were this really scary series of unsolved murders that took place near Mineral, Washington, where a tube sock was the weapon used. But um, there was two, possibly three families that were um, unfortunately killed by this killer, and he's never been caught. He was definitely one that while we were recording it, my anxiety of like, Someone hiding in my closet or my back seat definitely went through the roof. Uh, that one definitely scared me the most because I'm just like, I don't like the ones where they're like still out there, uncaught, haven't been brought to justice. When, when was the timeline for this happening? I believe that that was in the 90s. Sometime during never, the 90s. I want to say like mid 90s. Never heard of that at all. Not that I'm the expert of that at all, but so you said Tube socks were the, were the, the weapon. How? Yeah. I, I, a tube sock seems pretty safe other than if you shoved it in somebody's throat or, or, or but I'm curious. Strangulation. <laughs> okay. It feels okay. weird to laugh after saying strangulation. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. didn't mean to laugh at strangulation, but right. um, yeah, a tube sock does seem like a pretty harmless object, so that definitely plays a little bit of the part in the why it's so scary to me because 
No, for sure. It's such like a harmless benign object being used in like the worst way that you can imagine. Now you've got me scared of my sock drawer. <laughs> That's kind of the goal of the podcast a little bit. Kind of, sort of, yeah. Irrational fear of just inanimate objects, yes. Yeah. All right, Stephen, you get your second try. How about for you, a Washington State one? I believe I got it mixed up with Starvation Heights, actually. Not yeah. so much scared me, but just made me just severely uncomfortable. Starvation Heights was a good one. Oh, man. That what was, was that about? A, that was a doctor. Her name is escaping me right now. Dr. Linda Hazard. Yep. That was her name. I was going to say Hazard, because I just... Southern she, boy in me remembering Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> and she, uh, she basically ran like a health clinic, in air quotes, where her method of healing yourself was through starving yourself basically and she operated these grounds uh somewhere in central washington i can't remember the exact town that it's in yeah neither can they but there was like reports from the town of like uh people would see people trying to escape and they would just like come out of the woods super thin you know that's just had to be harrowing to see just that's a good choice for another very creepy one what's the timeline for that story i want to say early 1900s and okay. she just kind of got away from it. They tried, she uh, ended up going to, I believe it was Australia and just opening another one there. <laughs> it was kind of back in the day where you could just show up anywhere and be like, I'm a doctor and no one would really. What look, is OSHA? <laughs> no yeah. one would really look that hard into it. What's the er- earliest story that you guys have covered? That, or the oldest, let me rephrase it that way. The oldest story. Oh, the both the one that both of us had have covered. Oh, he means like. Oh, okay, never mind. I was gonna say, oh, the the first episode that we did together. But no, now I know what he means. Which one was that? The oldest one. Uh, I think our oldest episodes are, like the um, probably from like the eighteen eighties to early nineteen hundreds is like the earliest stuff okay. that we've covered so far. Totally open to covering something earlier than that if we can find something cool. I was gonna right. say I fought the ape men of Mount Saint. That was like. Early 1900s, though, wasn't it? Like, like 1925. 25? Okay, yeah. How about contemporary stuff? Are you covering stuff that's... We did. We just covered um, the disappearance of Oakley Carlson, who's mm-hmm. a missing girl from Oakville, Washington. Um, there's been a lot of press and stuff about her lately. Uh, we, you know, It's a case that's close to home for me, at least, because I live in Little Rock, which isn't that far from Oakville. And... Uh, we, you know, we try to cover like a good range of older stories and also like modern true crime just to kind of keep it varied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm my other mantras over here. Just got to paint the picture and those eyeball toes are on the screen still. <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked over. It was like, Oh, I guess I can steal that image because it's on Facebook. So before we went live, I was talking and I said that you sh- you have these two really horrific images on on your Facebook page, and the one that I'm referencing now are these frighteningly realistic eyeballs on toenails and fingernails. How how did you find? that? I'm sorry, that's not true crime, but how how did you stumble upon that? We uh, I, it, the weird stuff really does just find me now. Like I think it, whether it's the algorithm or the universe. Something out there just wants me to see the weirdest of what the internet has to offer and share it with people, I guess. <laughs> if you want weird stuff in your algorithm, you got to start light and then just slowly just progress it worse. You got That's the best way to do it. 
Have either of you done your nails like that? No, but I, I would totally be open to doing that. Would I think you that really? would be fun. Yeah. I think it would be like a fun Halloween look. Can you imagine somebody like, like wearing sandals? Walking around. <laughs> and you just look eyeballs. down and it's a bunch of eyeballs at you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ah! Okay. So how's the response to the podcast been? It's been really good. Really? We grow every year. We have like a small, really cult following of mm-hmm. like some, we have like some crazy, <laughs> like a handful of like pretty diehard fans that are awesome. And then shout we have- out Jan in Italy and Janille. Yes. We have to give them <laughs> our little shout out. Um <laughs> Uh, but we keep growing every year and it's been really exciting. Uh, some episodes that we think are going to do like great don't. And then some episodes just kind of surprise you with how well that they end up doing. So what has been the biggest episode as far as listeners for you? <laughs> the biggest one is well, we found out that people love cults. We covered uh, Ramtha School of Enlightenment, which in my opinion is a little bit culty. Um, just a little bit. Uh, and that one has, uh, that's been our best episode by far. Really? Just everyone wanted to hear about all the crazy stuff that happens inside. Oh, yeah. uh, that, <laughs> what yeah, sort of yeah, feedback on that episode. one? Lots of messages just kind of, cause we, we like to kind of poke fun at stuff whenever it like victims or victims families. But if, you know, if making fun of a murderer is wrong. I don't think either one of us wants to be right. Um, no. <laughs> not that, you know, Rantha has any murder involved. But um, it, just a lot of people messaging us to be like, this is so wild. I had no idea about half of this stuff. This is, you know, entertaining and also like very concerning. <laughs> Did you get any pushback from within the organization? No, I do uh, tell Steven that sometimes I have nightmares that Jay-Z Knight has sued me. <laughs> We're expecting a letter. <laughs> I do. I just kind of wait in fear for that letter, but it hasn't happened yet, and it's been a couple years since that episode, so... Or men in really nice suits. I might be in the clear. One of the two. We're, expe- <laughs> We're expecting one or the other. Which one? Whichever one. Or both. We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, bo- yeah. or both. How about... So you, you mentioned episodes you think will do well that didn't. What, what did you cover that the listeners just didn't react to? I really think that the story of John Tornow, who was this outlaw who lived kind of out near Satsup, it was one of my earlier episodes. He was this outlaw who got accused of murdering his nephews one day. And he went on this like insane 19-month manhunt through the woods. Um, Basically, like it caused the whole entire area to kind of go into a panic where they were fearing this crazy wild man who lived out in the woods. And his entire life story is just fascinating. He like started spending tons of time out in the woods as a child, like hunting animals. And he just, his brothers had him committed to an insane asylum down in Oregon and he broke out and managed to get like back up here in Satsup. So I don't even know how you do that. Um, his entire life story is just insane to me. And it, it just didn't do that great numbers wise, which is just weird because that's one of my little like pet stories that I'm always like, oh, you don't know about that. And I always just want to tell people about it. Let's elaborate on that one. I've never heard reference of this guy. So what was the time frame that that happened? I want to say that was a like late 1800s to early 1900s. Okay. Um, yeah. And he was just this wild man who lived out there and he was this local figure and they did finally catch him. And it kind of turned into this big morbid event where they ended up taking his body to Portland, but they like had postcards made. <laughs> 
of like the the sheriff who shot him with his body like it was like a big trophy hunt it's like the whole story there's like a it's a very interesting story because there's a lot of layers to it with like you know he never got a trial he just kind of got accused and he ran out into the woods and everyone just kind of blamed the weirdo there's kind of like a lot of like good life lessons wrapped up in this little weird story <laughs> that not that many people have heard of wow i've never yeah not once again i'm not the the expert on this type of stuff at all we love now, sharing stuff with people who have oh like yeah. never heard of it though like our whole goal with the podcast is to like tell you about the story enough to like maybe inspire you to go on like your own little internet rabbit hole about it and maybe learn about it for yourself or even just right. go check out new weird places that you haven't been before yeah definitely yeah so what's on the list for you guys? What what weird places do you want to go check out that you haven't seen yet? Actually, we just got back, uh, uh, oh man, last week from uh, a place in Oregon called the Peculiarium. We'd been meaning to check that out for a while, and that's just a neat little oddity museum, kind of, sort of. It's, oh man, that thing is so, so neat, so interesting, so weird. You walk in, and there's a Krampus sitting there that you can do photo ops with, and... They have a, what, like 15 foot Bigfoot in there that you can, again, photo ops. And it's, that place is amazing. She actually visited the John Tornow site. Yeah, that's on our list of places to go. Um, Along with Mount St. Helens, I somehow have never been out there. I mean, I've been out there, but I've never been out there to like hike and actually experience it on foot. So mm -hmm. that's definitely on our bucket list for the summer. And taking you out to the... um the John Tornow gravesite would be awesome too. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to experience that. Yeah. What's that museum that's in Walla Walla? The oddities museum. Oh, I didn't know about that. Ah, well, I looks can't... like we have another place to add to the list. Yeah. There's this, yeah. there's this, um, now I have to look. Um, but yeah, I want to say it's the, now I have to look. <laughs> um, <laughs> So why I stall, help me cover dead air and explain to me why you thought that putting a charcuterie board that looks like a Ouija board made out of cheese was anything other than hysterical. Because that's pretty cool. I think that's another meme that I shared on the Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the char spooky one. one. Yes. And that's just, again, just another weird thing that I found while browsing the internet and decided that all of our lovely Facebook followers deserve to see. And also, who doesn't love a good Ouija board? I had a Ouija board shirt. I actually took it off before I did this because it's not in the best shape. But, yeah, who doesn't love a good Ouija board? I mean, I personally don't. I and don't cheese? mess with that stuff, but... Cheese-covered Ouija boards, though? You wouldn't I mean, mess with yeah, the cheese-covered you know, Supernatural board. cheese. Yeah, hey. So what I was thinking of is the Museum of Unnatural History. Oh. Yeah, we definitely have to go to that. Yeah, just from the name alone that I'm I'm there. I'm signed up already. Absolutely. So it's this, it's this artist, and it, so the, the tagline says, Irreverent Museum Featuring sur Surrealistic and Absurdist Sculptures by Gary Matthews. And it's just, yeah, you can just, you can Google it and see these just, just odd. Just odd. That's all, you know. It sounds right up our alley, and we might be taking a trip there soon. Yeah, if it's anything yeah, well, like the fun place to visit. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't know if I've actually been to Walla Walla. I think I've been through there. 
once. Walla Walla is, Walla Walla is a great place to visit. If you if you haven't been to Walla Walla, you should go. Yeah, I now we actually got more reason to go. <laughs> I actually um, there is a a blogger in that does um, their their website's called the Clipboard of Fun. And she's a, she talks about her travels with her husband and her husband is, uh, he was, on, was on the radio. I think he's currently taking a leave of out Danny Bonaducci. <laughs> Do you know, are you both so young? Do you know who Danny Bonaducci is? Yes. We, yeah, so, we're aware. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing because I, I had a friend who lived in Seattle for a period and they had a, their husband had a negative driving interaction <laughs> with, Danny Bonaducci. <laughs> anyway, I, I have a photograph of Danny Bonaducci and I in front of a gas station at Walla Walla while they were having tacos. That's amazing. Oh, that's yeah, that was. Uh, I knew they were going to be there because I was communicating. It's his wife that's the, you know. So I was communicating with them, and it was it was. But here, it just seems surreal that at that time there was this amazing. Uh, you could get amazing food in this gas station at Walla Walla, and the guy has since gone on to open his own restaurant, which is not nearly as cool as four star food in a gas station. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I always tell everybody, don't knock a, a gas station deli. Like, a hot deli, don't knock it. Oh, no, this Never. this wasn't, this was unlike anything you've ever had. And I'm not knocking gas station food either, don't oh, get no, me wrong. But this no. was, like, crazy over the top. Like, amazing food. Just, just, like, I would drive to Walla Walla for business, and I would time it so I could go there for lunch. That was, like... <laughs> That was the, the whole, the whole thing was like, where can Scott go for lunch? And it was always this gas station. And one day I showed up and it was gone. Oh and no. I was, I was really upset because I was starving because I wanted to be starving and they closed because they opened an actual brick and mortar restaurant. And that just isn't as fun for me. So, but no, Olympia has, what's the, there's a shell station. Um, that's got Olympia burgers in it. I can't think of the exact name of it, but, it's over by all the auto dealerships. Oh, I don't know if that's still. They might have oh, shut down too, unfortunately. I think so. Really? Mm-hmm. Because those were great hamburgers. They were. I used to go there a lot back in the day. Wow. Okay. Don't eat burgers anymore. I'm a veggie, but. <laughs> okay. Well, well, welcome to the rabbit hole of this podcast. See, this is this is where we, <laughs> you know, we who knows how we ended up in Walla Walla and Danny Bonaducci on the show. <laughs> It's very similar to how our podcast goes. We try to keep it on the rails, but we always let ourselves have one or two moments where we just but go off. See, on half the fun, fun is tangent. going off the rails because that's when you get to have, you know, you know, a negative interaction with Mr. Bonaducci in a car statements. <laughs> how many episodes have you published so far? Ooh, I don't know the exact number, but I'd have to say that we have... Probably over a hundred now. Over a hundred. Mm-hmm. And how often? How often do you do you try to publish on a regular schedule, or is this just whenever the stories come together? We try to. It depends because some stories are really, really quick and just kind of naturally and you know quickly come to me, and other ones are more of like deeper dives, more research heavy. I might like actually read a book or two instead of just doing everything online on them. Uh, Kind of lost my train of thought there. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Did you figure say, out how was, many episodes we have? I was going to try to, but we stopped numbering them on Spotify. <laughs> oh. That oh, would be man. my bad. That's kind of what yeah, happens so when I'll, you're uh, one I'll person. I'll count over here. <laughs> okay. 
so Steven's going to be using his hands and toes to count how many episodes folks, that'll be what's going on on the side. From a platform standpoint, where do you get most of your listeners? What what syndication platform gets gets you the most? I've found that Spotify is where the majority of our listeners are listening to our stuff at, which is nice and understandable because that's where I do most of my podcast listening to because it's nice and easy to just kind of jump on there and you can, you know, go in between your music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a great platform. It's funny. I, I listen to my podcasts on there, but it doesn't it doesn't move the needle for us. We're like 70% of our traffic comes from Apple in some capacity. Hmm. Wow. It's that's really weird. Yeah. Or... Now, did you did you put your podcast on Facebook? Like the videos, or just no? Like the, there promotion? was a way for you to uh, Facebook started streaming podcasts for a while. They they've decided oh. to get out of that business, but I don't know. Facebook was like fifteen percent of our traffic for a while. Oh wow. wow! Yeah, we never did that. But I had no idea about that. I would have liked yeah. to see. I would have liked to see how we would have done over yeah. there. Yeah, it was. It's really interesting. Um, I guess you know every show's got your audiences in different places. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, when you're not doing the, well, Stephen, I have a really, this is a very important question. Uh-oh. I'm looking for a new rectangle. Okay. What, what rectangle would you recommend? Well, it starts off if you like softer, firmer. More Don't you, do road. you guys carry like those adjustable ones or is that, is we that do. gimmickry? No, I wouldn't say it's gimmickry. Uh, I would say if you're going to do that, start with the mattress first. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you like it when you're laying down flat first, because the the adjustable base is going to be secondary always. Right. Like you're going to like that in no matter, but you're going to find a position that that bed's going to feel comfortable in. So find a good mattress first. It'd be mm-hmm. if you like memory foam or coils, get a good idea for that. If you prefer one or the other, if you know that now, awesome. But yeah, other than that, listen to it's it's always it's always listening to your body. I, I always tell people that I don't like to be a pushy salesman. I don't like to tell people, "Hey, you need that." No, listen listen to your body. It'll let, it'll let you know if you don't like it or not. <laughs> okay. I don't, I never thought in a million years I would be talking about mattresses on a podcast, which is kind of fun. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I I do it all day every day, and it yeah, it I do it in a, an environment. Surrounded by cartoon animals. So yeah, yeah, I have fun with it. Yeah. Okay. So I got to ask, I got to ask this question because this is, you know, have you ever had somebody come in, test a mattress out and literally like fall asleep on it? Not me, but it has happened while I have worked there, but it hasn't happened to me and not, not while I was on the clock, but it did happen one day. I, I came in the next day and a coworker said, I had somebody come in lay down on a mattress for 15 minutes. I came back over and asked if they were okay. They were like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I walked back over, came back another 10 minutes later, and they were out. They were gone. And I just kind of let them sit there for a minute. Another <laughs> customer came in, and this person didn't wake up for nothing. He worked with this customer all for, I think he said like 45 minutes that exchange happened. Then they left, and then the person got up. And it's said, oh, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> At least they found a good bed for them. That's how you know. Yeah. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I always like to joke, you know, if if that one's feeling good for you, you know, I'll turn the lights down. I'll turn some music on for you, you know, and we, we close at seven. <laughs> I'll wake you up gently. You know, you don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah, there's some days where I'll like bring you lunch or something if you're working alone. 
And I'm always just like, whenever I'm in there, I'm like, I could never have this job because I would definitely lay down when there was no one around and I would get caught by a customer just mid-nap. It's called product testing. Yeah, I couldn't be around that many beds all day. I could see, I agree with you, but the idea that I, let's say it was me, I walk into a retail establishment, I'm not going to fall asleep in there. I just... I can't imagine being able to just relax enough to go to sleep. You would think, you would think, but there's a way. Okay. <laughs> there's a way. All right. All right. Well, let's get back. To... <laughs> I see you guys are now, is this, has this passed? Cause I didn't check the date. Let's browser over here so I can see things. You're doing a live podcast at an event coming up? Yeah, we're going to be at Pacific Northwest True Crime Fest doing our very first ever live show. And that's going to be on October 8th and 9th at the Green River Community College Event Center. I believe I would Google the event uh, just to double check that in Auburn. I was about to say, it's in Auburn. I remember that much. (laughs) Yeah, we've got that down. We've got the city that we're supposed to be in. We will find out the building before the date of the show. Um, but yeah, we're really excited for it. It's going to be our first live show. I think it's going to be a really exciting event and just really cool to be around other people who do the same thing as us and have the same interests as us. So what are you going to do live? How are you going to, what, what do you have? I mean, okay. This is several, at the time of recording, this is still a few months away, but what are you guys going to try to do live? What, what's the, what's the plan? We planned on a live autopsy of an alien. Yeah, that's going to be a little bit hard to do, though. So we did our backup plan, which is we're going to be covering a missing persons case that's kind of local to my neck of the woods. Um, We're kind of keeping the exact case like a secret until the event. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're basically just going to do what we do normally in an episode. But live, maybe have a little bit of like crowd participation. We're still kind of like brainstorming ideas, but we have a pretty good idea of what we're going to do. And we're going to have stickers, we're going to have some pins, hopefully we'll have some some other stuff if we can think about it in time. Uh, Yeah. Because we're going to have a little booth there too where people can come and like pick up a sticker or a pin or say hi to us and we'll we'll try not to scare you away. (laughs) We're nice. (laughs) Have you tried the UFO themed Airbnb? No, but I definitely want to. That's another thing that I forgot on the, uh, the bucket list. I had a friend, I think... No, I had a friend who stayed at the uh, little Hobbit one, and they recommended oh. that to us. But um, I definitely want to go to that UFO. And that actually Airbnb. reminds me: Are you aware of the Potato B and B in Idaho? No. There is there there is there is an there's an Airbnb over in Idaho that is a big potato, and you can yeah you can stay the night in that in a giant potato. Somewhere down in the Tri-Cities area, I'll, I'll say Pasco, but don't quote me on that. There is a grain silo that has been converted into an Airbnb. Oh, that sounds fun, honestly. That's awesome. We would love, to, we're always talking that we would love to do like a road trip one day and just go and like hit as many like weird Airbnb, Airbnbs and like roadside attractions, oddity Tourist shops. Traps, just yeah. a weird tour of America, basically. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, this UFO thing is... I hadn't read any more details. I was just curious if you guys have been there. Cause it's from the photograph that's showing, it looks kind of cool. Yeah. yeah you know, it that. looks, yeah. we gotta look that up later. There's somebody cool. actually out kind of near where I live that made a little, uh, 
like a UFO themed bus stop shelter for their kid to stand in. And it's adorable. What? Every time I drive past it, I'm like, I'm jealous of the kid that gets to hang out in the little UFO thing every day. <laughs> Has a little alien that? on it painted. And I think it says like, take me to your teacher or something <laughs> yeah, like it does, that. Yeah. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> take me to your teacher. <laughs> Man, and Let me put reminds- you on the spot. What's the coolest in your in your in your arena, the oddities world, true crime oddities, you know, the stuff that's a little off off the beaten path a little bit. Not not real mainstream stuff, right? So what's the coolest place you visited in Washington State? Hmm. I would have to say, and I'm cautious even like throwing it out there because it's such a cool spot that I don't want it to be disrespected, would be the site of the John Tornow uh, shootout. Um, it's hard to find. You can find it if you really want to, but you got to work for it. I'll say that. I'm not going to give any more details about the location okay. than that. Uh, but it's awesome. They have uh, all these memorial. It's literally a spot out in the woods that has all these memorial pictures, all these cool stuff built with bones information about it all the locations of everything all marked out and it's just such it's so weird because you just walk on this little trail and then all of a sudden it's like bam in the middle of like where a historical event happened you know it's just a kind of surreal feeling how about you steven i was gonna say i think for me it's either the the a-frame at mount st helens which you finally saw i believe last year yeah uh, the one that's just, yeah, all under the old magma and just solidify and just into the ground. And it, yeah, that's so mind blowing and crazy to see that or honestly, any of the uh, the old world, uh, the old war structures that they have from the, the Second World War on the on the coast there. I think those are really fun to, to go and check out. You mean like, it, like Fort Warden? Uh, I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't really remember. I went back about like four or five years ago, maybe a little bit more than that. I, I, I just know it was around Cape Disappointment. And then oh, we, like, okay. So down south. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so somewhere in- around there. And then, uh, there, there, I know we came back up into Washington from Oregon and we saw some, yeah, some of those there, but I, I just can't remember. I got to look it back up. But yeah, those were, those were honestly really, really cool. Up in Fort Warden and Port Townsend, uh, there's a large, um, well, the fort's still there, and it's it's now you can camp there, and there's it's the the quarters are used as rental places and things like. that. And there's a lot of really cool stuff going on up there. But when I was a senior in high school, um, our school district would take sixth graders to camp for a week. Okay, so as a senior, I got to be a camp counselor, which brings up all sorts of reasons why the school would think I was qualified, (laughs) but (laughs) we won't go there. (laughs) But so there's all these uh, bunkers and all the, there was all this artillery designed to blast ships or subs out of the, out of the, out of the Strait of Juan de Fuca there. And we're running around in there with, with these sixth graders and we're looking around and we actually found a grenade. Oh no. Yeah. And so it was I mean, like, it's cool, but oh no. <laughs> it was cool, but it was, it was creepy. Cause we're like, even, even dumb, stupid 17 year old Scott thought this was a unsafe thing to play with. Um, but yeah, if you've been up, go to Fort Warden or Fort Casey, um, those are, those are interesting places to go. And, um, 
they're just kind of, yeah, they're just, they're, they got a bad vibe to them. Not bad, but a weird vibe because it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, and if you like that stuff, go at night and don't take a flashlight and try to wander around. I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> Oh, and I have to give a shout out to Marsh's Free Museum yes. in Long Beach. That's another favorite of ours for just like okay. Jake. weird, spooky, the home of Jake the Alligator Man. I don't know if you've ever heard of him on bumper stickers, Pacific Northwest Wide. Oh, yes. He's, um, he's a fake taxidermy thing of what I assume to be a paper mache man attached to what I think used to be a living alligator and he just lives in this weird fish tank. They throw him a celebration every year. It's been a, a 75th birthday celebration every year. So he just keeps turning 75. And they do the, um, few, like, what is it called? The Bride of Jake yes. pageant every year. So people can compete to become the lovely wife of Mr. Jake the Alligator Man for one whole year until, you know, he divorces you, I guess. <laughs> wow. So that I'd like to have that attorney's job because think of the re- recurring business. He must be paying tons in alimony. Either that or he's got like the world's most watertight prenup. <laughs> yeah. I got I gotta say that after doing this for years, it you know, he's got a prenup. <laughs> <laughs> That's I've never heard of that place either. That's cool. Oh, definitely, definitely do that. That's a lot of fun. And then yeah, I was about to say on the other side of that, they have just a bunch of old school, like really old, like quarter and nickel machines and oh man what the self-playing piano pianos yeah. headed oh lambs God. it's like you could it's free but you could go in there and easily spend like i mean if you're a weirdo like us you could go in there and easily spend like three hours just like look at that look at that look at that you know <laughs> and we did and right across the street is well it's kind of a lie because it's not the world's largest frying pan anymore but it used to be the world's largest frying pan and I believe there's also the world's largest chopstick right across the street. So it's a good little like oddities hotspot. You can hit three of them all in the same place. Actually, those chopsticks are, uh, they're kind of like the uh, the parking lot border for marshes right there. Yeah, you're parking right in front of both of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you you left an open loop. It's not the world's largest frying frying pan. Where is the world's largest frying pan? I looked it up when I did that episode. I did like a combo episode uh, on Jake and like a haunted lighthouse out there. And I also mentioned the frying pan. And I want to say it was like Illinois, Indiana, one of the I states. But I think Mm -hmm. that maybe even since the time of that recording, somebody maybe has made a new one. Can you imagine the conversation that goes on at the city level? We need to be known for something. What can we do? We need tourists. Let's build a frying pan. Nothing oh, will you- drive traffic to us like the world's largest frying pan. <laughs> yeah, because it is kind of like a one-time event because they always like unveil them and they cook a bunch of food in them. And then they just kind of put them somewhere and it just kind of lives there oh. forever. <laughs> it's kind of Unless a, a giant comes by and needs to outfit his, you know, thing he's climbing up his beanstalk for, you know, it needs a frying pan. I mean, come on. I mean, what are we using these things for? <laughs> And then you got Winlock that I live in, where we have the world's largest egg. Like what? Really? Yeah, yeah. It's just what? What? What is that about? Yeah. And there's how? How? What? A hundred miles from here to Long Beach, or something like that. I don't yeah, remember. Probably. That, that, Maybe that a little far away. Yeah. Why, why? Why are they that far away from each other? You get that egg in the frying pan. Seriously. 
you think that there would be a whole thing for that, but no, there isn't. And, and, and scramble it up with the chopsticks. Exactly. There you go. And then bring it back over here in Toledo for cheese days. Giant cheese omelet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Making the world's largest omelet. Yeah. So Guinness Book of World's Records. So when I was a kid, Ripley's, are you familiar with Ripley's, believe it or not? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So that stuff was kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we both totally have always thought that that stuff is awesome. Oh, yeah. We yeah. plan on visiting at least a couple of those museums at some point in our lifetime, yeah. Yeah, I I remember there was just, yeah, I don't know. I had some of the some books as a kid. And there was this one thing, and this is going to be, this is totally bizarre. I understand that. But there was a, like how you could step through a cigarette, a, a, pack of, a package of cigarettes. Oh, like a cow with like a portal in the side? No, basically what it was is like it was a bet. You'd make a bet, you'd like hold up a pack of cigarettes, right? Or a, a playing card will work because it's about the same size and say, I could step through this. And people are like, no, you can't. And they showed how to cut it out with scissors so oh. that it, you'd pull it open and you could like step through it. And it was just, but why is it do you think people like this weird stuff? stuff why are we attracted to frying pans or uh ufo airbnbs or dare i say sleeping in a potato um because that should go with the egg and the frying pan and make hash browns so why is it that people like this stuff i think people just like a good for lack of a better term if i'm allowed to say the f word yeah go ahead mind fuck you know, people like people like a good mind warp and just you know anything that just makes this. Is that really? Is that is, uh, is that really real or is that that size? And do you think we that... want to believe it? Like we want to believe that 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 alligator paper mache thing was real? That he was a real man? I think to some degree there are some people that do. I know I know that there is to me. <laughs> I think that like knowing that it's fake is like kind of like half of the appeal. Yeah, I and agree. I just like I'm I'm along with being a person who loves weird stuff. I'm also a horse person, which I kind of view like being into weird stuff, attracted to dark weird stuff, as kind of like the same way with like horse people. Is like you're just born with it. I can't explain it. It's just this weird passion you're born with, and you're just that's who I am. You know? Yeah, I'm <laughs> okay. with it. you're right. either into really weird stuff or you're just normal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I can, I can work with that. Now that's the oddities, but like the crime stuff. I think that, well, like a lot of true crime fans, like the demographic is overwhelmingly like female uh, for like listeners. And I almost said and for podcasts, but then I'll take that part back. But the listening to like demographic of true crime podcasts is like overwhelmingly female. We have, a pretty 50-50 split, which is pretty cool. I think that our host dynamic has something to do with it. Um, But a lot of, like, what I've read and kind of, like, makes sense to me is that it's kind of a way of, like, it's it's almost like preparing yourself for a worst-case scenario. And it's also, like, um, they did this study somewhere that, like, people with anxiety really like watching horror movies because basically the idea is that you're living in someone else's anxiety for a little bit um and i thought that that concept was really like interesting if you could kind of like take that over to like the true crime world where it's like okay there's like bad stuff happening out there but it's like 
not happening to myself. I don't know. It's just like a weird thing that like your brain. And I also think that like uh, just trying to understand, trying to comprehend, like what makes people do awful, horrible things. And my right. own journey with that is I was like so determined to find the answer to that question one day. And I've kind of finally come to accept that like I have a normal person brain. I don't want to do awful, violent things. So, like, I am never going to fully, truly understand how someone's brain like that works. Right. But it's kind of fun to attempt to. Yeah. Yeah. Or interesting, I guess, is a better word than fun. <laughs> okay. All right. Very important question. Coffee? Yes, for me. I'm a weirdo. I lo- okay, so I love the smell of coffee. Love it. Adore it. Give me coffee candles. I'll list- I'll smell the hot, fresh brewing coffee, but I can't do the taste of it. I just can't. I don't know why. But I'll drink soda That's all day. Odd. Yeah, sorry. I know. I, lo- I love the smell of coffee. Fresh coffee. Brewing coffee. Love it. Can't even get them to drink really? tea. Nope. I'm so what's your Nashville beverage to- of choice? Ooh, uh, honestly, <laughs> yeah, liquid death or Coke or honestly, I, I really love all of the uh, specifically in Washington. There's a soda company up north in Muckleteo. Muckleteo? I believe it's Muckleteo. Um, they're called Americana Soda Company and they make a bunch yes. of. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, their fa- my favorites of theirs in the brown bottles are uh, I love the Huckleberry Soda. I love the Black Cherry. Um, and they, I, I think they also make New Grape, too. And I love New Grape. So good. Oh, man. I'm, I'm right. a fiend for that stuff. But I love the smell of coffee. Love it. Okay. Trista, coffee? Yes, I am like a... Like, I'm not like a coffee snob. I'm more of like a man, I'm really craving, like, a nice coffee right now. What's the closest coffee shop to me person? So, like, the coffee shop that I usually go to is, like, Dutch Bros, because I'm always on the move. I'm usually, you know, going to work or coming down here to record with Steven or hang out. Um, But there's a couple, like, coffee stands around, like, Little Rock and Olympia that I try to hit up whenever I'm in the area. So what's the coffee beverage of choice for you? I'm an iced coffee girl, except for in, like, the middle of winter. So I usually go with like an iced white chocolate mocha, but if it's like seasonal and they have lavender syrup, I always like add that to it. I know you're laughing at me. Steven's laughing at me because (laughs) I have like an addiction to lavender syrup and I eventually ended up buying my own bottle of it on Amazon so I could add it to my own coffees at home. (laughs) That was a fun time. (laughs) It's good stuff. This is a judgment free zone. We're not going to judge. <laughs> oh, who are we kidding? Yes, we are. No, just, just, <laughs> she, she just, she, you just gave me a dirty look. I love it. Um, kidding. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. I think it was more of a, Steven really just doesn't drink coffee that. and I just make fun of him all the time for it. We go through the coffee stand and I always forget and I'm like, you want something? And he looks at me like, no. And I'm like, okay, we've been together for two years. I should know that. I'm trying to be nice. I'm here for the free smells, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, you no longer eat meat. Where's a great yeah. place for lunch in the Olympia General, you know, Thurston County area? Ooh, you're giving me that look because you already know what I'm going to say. Uh, Wayside, downtown Olympia, they are amazing. They're completely plant-based, so you can just go in there and anything on the menu is going to be delicious. It's going to be plant-based. 
and they're like really affordable for like how much food they give you oh yeah like steven is like he eats anything pretty much and they have a mac and cheese down there that he's like loves like they actually have vegan cheese that doesn't taste questionable <laughs> it's really that may good. be the kindest thing i've ever heard about vegan cheese it's yeah so good. And, I, and i agree with that because there's a reason why like i still eat cheese they just you, you can't replicate it it's just I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, i eat so much cheese it's bad but you just can't replicate it you just got to stick to the original but my one exception is when i go to wayside and get the mac and cheese because i fully believe that blindfolded I don't think you could tell that it was vegan mac and cheese. Like, I don't know what they're doing with it, if they're putting their foot in it or where they're getting that cheese from, but it is good. <laughs> oh, man. That, and then they have some that you can, like, they have, like, I don't remember what their bacon is made out of. I think it's tempeh. Tempeh? Which, I don't know what that's made out of. Neither but. do I. But you can get that well, in the You should mac do an cheese. episode on tempeh, because it's odd. <laughs> Let's the mystery it. of tempeh. <laughs> what is it? A, you can get an order of that, just the mac and cheese and bacon tempeh, and that's, oh yeah. Uh, trust me, I love bacon. I love regular mac and cheese. I'll eat that all day. But yeah, I can easily sit down and eat that. No problem. Not have any problem with it. I'm not a snob when it comes to food. I think you know that, but there's a stigma with people that eat meat and they just think that they're like, oh. So Steve, how about you? Where's a great place for lunch for you? In Olympia? Oh man, in Olympia, man. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of trash when I eat. I only really eat pizza. Like here, here recently, it's just well, pizza you're drinking like liquid best. death. I mean, yeah. the bars, come on. <laughs> so I, I love uh old school pizza up there or pizzeria, old school pizza. Oh, yeah. 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 They're, they're yeah. fantastic. I love going in there and getting a slice when I can. Um, yeah, and then when I'm down here in Winlock, which is most of the time, there's a place called Sahara, just a skip and a hop away from us that, yeah, where they they know me by name. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I call, and they're just kind of like, oh, you, you want this? And I'm like, yep, thank you. Yep. And they just hang up. Benefits they know I'll be there. regulars. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what do you guys, what's on the horizon for the podcast? What do you want to do with it? What's the, you know... Does it have, do you have a goal? A full on Vegas residency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if okay. that's going to happen. I don't really have any like aspirations of ever being like a Joe Rogan or anything. I'd kind of like to just keep it like a passion project, but we are thinking about launching a Patreon here in the future just to kind of make some upgrades. Um, mm-hmm. Just and I just put so much time into it too that it would be nice to get a little bit of something back from it. But I think the main thing that we're just like our goal right now is just do the best possible performance and experience that we can give people at Pacific Northwest True Crime Fest. That's like our big number one, like kind of to look forward to and just trying to grow it, trying to share more information about the area, weird history, um, telling the stories of all these like missing people and people who unfortunately lost their lives uh due to the the crappy actions of other people uh trying Mm -hmm. to keep their memory alive and spread awareness to local true crime cases too do you do you have any um monetization for the show at this time or is it truly just a, a passion project right now we have a buy me a coffee 
setup where yep. you can go to Olympia Oddities. Well, but Stephen and, doesn't want coffee, so he doesn't get. Yeah, him. it's going to be a buy Trista a coffee, I guess, if we're really honest. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. Buy Stephen a case of liquid death. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find us there at Olympia Oddities, and that one's great because you can just leave like a little one-time tip if you decide like, hey, I want to throw you guys literally two dollars you know whatever sure. we're happy with whatever we're just happy that people listen to us and want to find out about all this weird wonderful stuff all right you guys can both answer this question separately of course what didn't i ask you that i should have asked you i don't know i think that you had some really good questions yeah. in there this is the first interview that I've had that isn't a job interview, so I, I don't know. Now you're making me feel like I'm on Hot Ones or something. Come on now. Hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe favorite cryptid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Talking about like cryptids, which is like uh, stuff like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster. That would be some of the mm -hmm. famous ones from... Yeah. Those are always a fun okay. thing to talk about. Kind of like, because we cover so much true crime and stuff, but we always try to break it up and have like a cryptid episode, um, talk about bat squatch, you know, something oh, yeah. totally ridiculous. It's a sea creature that someone saw in the 1940s one time, you know, something that's totally lighthearted. Um, we also cover like hauntings and paranormal stuff to kind of keep it on the lighter side. We try to, if we do something that's heavy for our sake and for the listener, we try to follow it up with something that's a little bit lighter and a little bit more joyous. <laughs> yeah, like if you need like a good break from all of the doom and gloom from some of the heavier cases, yeah, Agropelter. That's a great story. Hilarious. The just the depiction of him alone. The, like That's a weird hilarious. creature that like lumberjacks invented basically to share at camps to mess with the new guy. It's my favorite. About this mythical creature that lives in the woods and likes to like throw pine cones and sticks at people, but it was one of those ones that I found and it was so funny. The name just Agropelter. <laughs> it, it tells you everything you need to know about him. He's <laughs> aggro and he's going to pelt you. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> i think i think you just stumped the host which is wow that's the entire awesome. genre of like uh they're called fearsome critters are all these like lumberjack created creatures from the you know back in those days um they're all hilarious they're all kind of in the same vein of that and they're very entertaining we definitely have a few episodes on that kind of style of creature coming out soon okay why don't we wrap up with this? Where can people listen to you? What what should they be looking for? Where can they find you online? All of that. Oh, uh, well, uh, you can if you want to see us live, you can go see us live at Pacific Northwest True Crime Fest. That's going to be awesome. That's October 8th and 9th up in Auburn. Or you can head to Spotify or your, any of your favorite podcast apps. I think we're on like the vast majority of the popular ones. If you listen to us on something super weird, we might not be on there but the, the main ones were on there uh we're at olympia we ones? <laughs> well if if anchor anchor does all my distribution so i might write okay. them an email and be like hey find me the smallest platform you can where two people are gonna yeah, listen i'm to sure me. Anchor i want to be on there yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure uh, but you can find us on that. spotify any major podcast platform you can head to our facebook at olympia oddities podcast and our instagram is the same thing uh, my personal Instagram, if you want to follow it, is at Saloon Ghost. Uh, my personal Instagram is just my name, the Stephen Ramirez. 
we also have a TikTok that I've been trying to be more active on. I'm not the best at TikTok. I feel like I'm slightly too old for it, but I'm trying to keep up with the youth. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's it's a struggle, but I'm trying. We're doing the thing. You <laughs> we're know? Doing, the we're thing. doing the thing. I'm going to give you some advice, and it might sound like an insult, but it's not meant to be. Just give up. Yeah. No, I feel <laughs> it. Because the youth thing, you we can't keep, you can't. Yeah. We can't chase that. Any, I mean, I meant that more like ironically. Like, you'll never catch me like doing like a arm dance yeah. to Megan the Stallion what? trying to get views <laughs> on it. I mean, and I'll never say never, but you know, something's gone terribly wrong if you catch me like doing a weird TikTok dance to a hip hop song trying to get people to listen to our episode on Bigfoot. Something's gone wrong. She made me do it first. <laughs> but we've been sharing like see- a weird places we've been and just kind of like behind the scenes podcast stuff. So I guess we have been adult, adult TikToking. Adult, adult TikToking. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see, there was somebody on, on Facebook that was dancing in a Sasquatch suit. Yes. I think we follow them. Um, what is it? Sasquatch Bay. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. 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 Yes. I think, I think they, I think they follow us back on Instagram. I think we're in a yeah. mutual follow with them. Yes. We love wow. what they yeah. do. They're out there dancing that in a Sasquatch suit. My Kenzie, Kenzie found that and shared it with me. And I was just, I was really, really thinking that was hysterical. Um, so, well, both of you, thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Um, I think everyone should go and take a listen to what you guys are doing. Cause I, I, I love your sense of humor about it. I do appreciate that uh, you have a, a way of taking, you know, maybe a, a depressingly dark topic and, and bringing a little bit of just a little bit of, you know, levity to it. Not, not disrespectful levity, but just a little bit of levity. I think that's awesome. And um, yeah, I especially, you know, I want to, I'll follow you guys. Cause I want to, I want to find out when you're going to some weird places around the state. Cause you know, we'll, we'll, we need to know those places too. So thank you both for being on the show. Thanks for having us. This yeah, was thanks. awesome. We had a lot of fun. Join us next time for another episode of the exploring Washington state podcast.